Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my very special guest is Vincent J. Tomio. He is author of Cemetery Friends, A Garden of Encounters at Mount St. Mary in Queens, New York. My Cemetery Friends is timeless. Walk with renowned author and poet Vincent J. Tomio through the garden pathways of life. Along the way, encounter other travelers, trekking a similar trail, embrace new acquaintances, and this will make all the difference. My Cemetery Friends is a celebration of life. It is six degrees of separation, how one can meet someone, and then in turn this can lead to other unique encounters. My Cemetery Friends honors our families, friends, military, the forgotten, and the unnamed. We sing their praises while celebrating life, nature, humanity, and compassion, in all, all in search of peace. Stroll with the author through a living museum over cemetery trails and learn much about things overlooked before. You won't be disappointed. You can find out more by visiting Vincent's website, which is VincentJTomeo.com, and that's VincentJTomeo.com. So that, I'd like to welcome Vincent to the show. Hello, Vincent. Hello, uh, audience. Um, I, I would like to express my wishes to the audience. Uh, may you be well, safe, secure, and calm during these trying times. And I would also like to share with you a pocket of peace uh, serenity and spirituality as we walk through our garden together. Thank you. Well, well, well thanks. You know, yeah, these these are trying times, and and certainly, um, boy, uh, it, it's a time where peace is really needed. Um, so let's start with first of all, um, what was the inspiration? behind Cemetery Friends. How did that whole book come about? Oh, very good question. I, uh, next to the school where I taught uh, for over uh, 29 years is Francis Lewis High School. Across the street is the cemetery. And after school, I would go walking there uh, after a stressful day. You know, I just had to unwind uh, I've always found uh, solace in nature, and so to me, uh, it was a, a place to retreat because I live in an area that's uh, heavily crowded and noisy, and uh, there's not many places I could go to find solace and peace. So that's how it started. I would go walking through the cemetery, and then, unfortunately, uh, my mother passed away. And my mother was buried in that cemetery. And when I looked out the window of the school, I could see the cemetery. So I started to walk over to the cemetery uh, quite frequently. 
uh, in fact, it became uh, a place where I exercised and I, I, I strolled and I walked through the cemetery. Um, as, as well, in the beginning, it was just part of the grieving process. But uh, I'll, I'll never forget. I I, I was pa- I was in school and it, and the teacher was making fun at me in front of the whole his class. He was saying, "Oh, that teacher, he's." always at the cemetery and he's he's dressed in black and I had just lost my mother so it was only a week or so um, and it struck me that this man didn't have the empathy or understanding the pain that I was going through but uh, I just told him that this was part of my, the grieving process but anyway getting back to the cemetery I was walking through the cemetery uh, about two days after my mother died and I see a reverend behind a casket in the rain and nobody's there so I stopped um, and I stayed for the whole service and he said to me are you family I said no uh, Reverend I'm not family he said well what made you stop and, and stay for the service in the rain I said no one should be left alone uh, be be forgotten like this uh, I said, it's up to the living to remember the dead. We have to take care of the children, the handicapped, and those that can't take care of themselves. And so I stopped to honor this person. So he said to me, well, why do you come here often? I said, well, my mother just died two days ago. So he says to me, let me walk to your mother's grave and bless her. And he did. And Mm. in the rain, without an umbrella. And that was the beginning of a long friendship for over 33 years. At that time, I didn't know that, uh, but I learned every time I would go walking through the cemetery, which is quite frequently, and it was no longer a place just to to grieve. It became a place where I found uh, solace and peace and spirituality in my way of coping with uh, the world and my pain. So um, the, fa- the, the reverend, the more I learned about him, the more I, I became, I, I, I said, this is more than just a priest. He's a real man. He was in World War II. He was in the Korean War. He was a photographer. He documented the war. He had an incredible collection of photographs. He was just a, such an interesting man. So he used to say to me, Mr. T- uh, Tomio, uh, you know, we, we 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 got to know each other a little more, and uh, one day he, uh, I, I told him I was a poet, and I was having a poetry reading, and I would like to invite him to the poetry reading, and he came. It was at uh, the Bayside Library, and he was sitting in the back, and after we went uh, for coffee, and we were talking, and he said, you know, you're a good poet, but um, you have to uh, have more, you have to be strong and have feeling and let it out. <laughs> and, you know, uh, mm. he it was quite profound what he said. So we became uh, good friends. Uh, and when he died, the cemetery called me up and they uh, asked me, they told me he died, and they asked me if I would do the eulogy on his grave, which I did at the mm. ceremony. And the poem that I wrote to him they put in with his ashes in the niche in the cemetery. So it's in his mausoleum right mm-hmm. next to him. Um, wow. And so I 
I, and that's in the book. Uh, so that was just one encounter. But um, Father Zanin was such a, his name is Romano, Romano A. Zanin. He was an immigrant to this country from Italy. But uh, he fought in World War II, um, and he also fought in the Korean War. And I remember I was looking at some of his photographs that he shared. Oh, this is another story. He said to me, Mr. Tomio, why don't you come to the chapel and, and do some reading? Because he used to bury the dead, and then they would have a chapel service. I said, no, um, I wasn't really interested in going to the chapel. So he said to me, well, uh, you know, if you have any poems on Christian sensibility, you could come to the chapel and read them. So, you know, I'm a poet. <laughs> and, uh, well... I guess, uh, well, I was sitting in back of the chapel, and I stayed for the whole service, and then he called me up to the altar, and I read the poems, and, oh, everybody started clapping, and they they, they wanted to, uh, they asked, and they all wanted a copy, and the, the acoustics was wonderful. So we became uh, really very good friends. Uh, when I was retiring, and I set up a scholarship uh, for the, students from my school, Francis Lewis High School, uh, that had uh, perished. They were killed at 9-11. And uh, so I set up a scholarship for them, and, and Father Zanin made a contribution. So this is just one story in the book. But walking through the cemetery, I learned many things. I, I learned compassion. I learned empathy. I learned to stop and appreciate life um, I've always loved nature, and uh, I can't always, I mean, I belong to the uh, Arbor Day Foundation, the Nature Conservancy, um, just to name a few. I've always loved nature. I find great joy in in, in being in, uh, among uh, that environment. But where I live, I don't have, it's very crowded. It's an urban environment. So the cemetery is the closest place I could go to to seek that kind of uh, solace in that kind of environment. Um, and so I do. I, I, I walk there every day. Uh, I'm going to uh, my mother. Oh, well, uh, John Keats always said, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. And so I find great peace in the beauty that I see in the in, in the cemetery, which is the garden, especially now when it's in full bloom. And then I think of, my mother always used to say, you know, when you are destitute and, bo and poor, which we were, uh, always surround yourself with beauty. It will blunt the pain. And uh, yeah. my mom was a really so, nice lady. You would have loved, everyone you know, loved her. Speaking of, <laughs> of beauty, and beauty and funerals, um, what um, do you, what's your understanding about um, the whole flowers, you know, and, and wakes having, you know, basically having flowers at wakes and funerals. I okay. mean, the presence of flowers. When my mom does, well, okay, I think that the flowers blunt the pain of a loss because death is like the sun. You can't look at it and you can't look away from it, and yet it's part of us. So uh, I, uh, a friend of mine who is a, a Jewish-American, uh, when he came to my mother's wake, he said to me, I never realized that flowers, they're so lovely. And he said, 
now I know why you have so many flowers because it's just it's so it's just absolutely stunning um and he's right in that it helps to blunt the pain. Another dear friend of mine, she told me that when she lost her son, uh, that her father put white roses on the casket. And it was the white roses that, you know, had added that sense of beauty and that, uh, you know, uh, that, that and it gave her great joy that her father did that. So uh, flowers are... Uh, just earth. I mean, just nature yeah. is a wonderful thing. I, I'm, uh, if I, if I, if yeah. I remember the quote from Einstein, he said, "Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better." And so, when yeah. I look at flowers or a tree, which I belong to, the Arbor Day Foundation, I find great joy um, in it, and it truly is a yeah. thing of God. So, um, you know, one second, um, Vincent, we're going to take just a quick break, and I do want to invite listeners. If you want to call in, listeners, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And then, again, it's just a short uh, 90-second break. But when we come back, Vincent, um, maybe we can talk a little bit um, about um, some of the stereotypes um, of cemeteries and that kind of thing, Okay. Okay, yes, please, yes. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My very special guest is Vincent J. Tomio, and we are talking about the book, Cemetery, My Cemetery Friends, A Garden of, Encount- of Encounters at Mount St. Mary in Queens, New York. Okay, and so with that, we're back, Vincent? Yes. Hello. Okay. Okay, go, you know, um, before we go on and talk a little bit about, you know, funerals and, and death and that kind of thing, can you, do you, what is it, do you have any um, maybe interesting facts that you can share with us about Mount St. Mary? Yes. Um, facts, there are, there are so many, well, for me, the cemetery is a book of knowledge. It is, you could study immigration history, 
the immigrants in American history, our American history. And through the cemetery, just by looking at the stones and looking at some of the information, you could learn uh, how they, when they died, how they died. Uh, there are several people who were killed in 9-11, and it has 9-11. So you know uh, that they perished in, in the World Trade Tower disaster and attack. Um, there are uh, soldiers in every war. There's even a nun who uh, uh, set up a church um, in uh, West Virginia, and she treated both Confederate and Union soldiers, and she won a citation from the Grand Army of the Republic. Uh, and there's many stories that are untold and uh, unrecognized. Uh, everyone has a story, and if you don't tell their story, then they, uh, they never lived. They're truly dead. When you tell their story, they never live. They live on. Abraham Lincoln once said, um, writing is the ability uh, to communicate from the grave to the yet unborn. And so mm. I thought I would honor these people that were unsung, unknown, uh, you know, from all walks of life. Um, and I honored, the book is in honor of the 10 soldiers from Corona, Queens, who were killed in the Vietnam War. Um, and they are every every race, African-American, Italian-American, Hispanic-American, poor, whites. In fact, this one guy who, Chucky Eglin, was a personal friend of mine who I went to school with. Uh, so these are stories, and you could go on. When I was a teacher, <clears throat> I would have my students go to the cemetery and break them up in groups, and I would say, find the grave of a soldier from whatever war you, you, you discover in your section, and then find out who that soldier was, where he lived, what, and honor him. And uh, this was a project I used to give my students. So the cemetery is, uh, I always used it as an as a educational tool, but for me it was more than that. Um, <clears throat> I go there every, every day and I walk, and I meet people uh, every day. All the working men know me. They yell and they, they wave to me. Hey, hey, Red. They call me Red. <laughs> um, so uh, there's a lot to be learned from a cemetery. And, and there are stereotypes. People think it's a, oh, it's the dead. It's a, you know, right now right. it's the safest place in the world. You could go walking. The dead aren't going to kill you. And you could even take off your mask because there's nobody there. And um, one time there were six people in the beginning of this pandemic, and we walked six feet apart, and one of the persons, we were yeah. all senior citizens, we all started singing, We Shall Overcome. Uh, hmm. And every day that I walked through the cemetery, I learned something. Uh, 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 three weeks ago, there was a woman, she was giving a man a haircut. He was sitting on a marble uh, bench in uh, Muslim uh, uh, Road, and uh, she was cutting his hair. Uh, she, was, uh, she had all the accoutrements in a basket, and she was giving him a haircut <laughs> in the cemetery. Um, mm. Yesterday, when I went walking, there was a family, and they were uh, Italian. They were sitting on a grave having lunch. It was like a feast. 
and it was in honor of uh, their grandfather and their father who had died, and it was his anniversary. So there are always stories, and then they they were telling me a little bit about him. The other day, uh, last week, uh, I saw a couple cleaning uh, a tomb, and uh, uh, I just said hello, and then they told me that, oh, this, my grandfather, he uh, was a... Um, um, uh, a carver, and he carved this, and, and blah, blah, and they told me the whole story. So there's a lot of stories, and there's a lot of history, um, and there are, there are things that I've learned. One day I was walking through the cemetery, well, one day, uh, and I heard music, and I said, gee, that's interesting. It was uh, bagpipes, and I heard it several times. I said, yeah, i gotta, I, I got to go and find out what this is. And there was a man, he was playing the bagpipes on a grave, but I didn't want to disturb him. Um, and, and the next time I went, I said, you know, I'm going to uh, see and question him and, you know, talk to him. And I did. And I found out that uh, he goes from grave to grave to honor uh, the soldiers, and he plays his bagpipes on the graves. And this is his way of honoring them. And I just thought that was simply simply stunning, and it touched me. But the most interesting thing about this, uh, well, there are many. I met uh, Miss, uh, Mrs. Margaret Glover, and she lost her son, Michael Glover, in in in, um, in the war, in uh, the Iraq War. And I was walking through the cemetery, and I see a medal of. Uh, uh, a medal, and it was a purple heart, and was gleaming in the sun. And I was, uh, you know, I stopped in my tracks, and I walked over, and I said, "Gee," I, to myself, "What would possess anyone to put the, this medal on the grave?" And then I, you know, I, so I took my pad out and I wrote a poem. And I came home. I typed the poem up, and I entered the poem, and uh, I laminated the poem. And I went back the next day when I went back to the cemetery, I put it on the grave. And three weeks later, uh, the poem wasn't there anymore, nor was the medal. So I, I wondered and didn't think anything about it uh, again. And then about three weeks or maybe it was Memorial Day, a couple of weeks later, again I stopped at the grave, and all of a sudden this little petite lady gets out of her car and she says, Did you know Michael? He was such a, and she tells me about her son, how he was killed, mm. how his body was wrapped in gauze, how she had to wait for days before the government released the body, and she went on and on. And I, I thought I would, I thought my legs would give out. I was so, <clears throat> and she's thanking me for stopping at her son's grave. And what do you tell a mother mm. who lost her son standing on her son's grave? So I could say nothing. So when she left, I wrote a poem again. And I, I sent the poem out, and it got published. And both of them got published in several anthologies, uh, three anthologies across the, uh, across the country. So in the West, in the South, in the North, and the East. And, uh, and then I entered the poem in a contest, and I won an international contest uh, in um, Thailand, and with the money that I got, I had a brick inscribed in her son's name. And oh, how nice. Mm -hmm. So we have become friends. She cor we correspond, and uh, you know, and she thanks me profusely. And I, I, I feel 
you know, from that point on, I will work for peace for the rest of my life. I've learned so much. To see a mother agonize like that breaks my heart because I saw my mother go through something like that. And um, Mm -hmm. so the cemetery, you could learn empathy. You could learn appreciation of being alive because you realize how fortunate you are when you see graves of newborn or very young people and you wonder, gee, uh, you know, how... I, I'm so lucky. Story. So, mm-hmm. so there are many things about a cemetery. And then, of course, it's a garden. And it's a garden. It's a, I, so one time I was walking, and I was stunned by there was a, the irises the, uh, on a grave. They were just so purple mm. and so vibrant. And I just stopped and it was just stunning. And I never, you know, I never thought about that stuff. But somehow... It's it it it, it 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 a thing of beauty really is a joy, uh, and when you when you think about some of the things in the world today, uh, and I don't mean to you know uh, when you think of some, the the outrageous uh, depraved yeah. indifference of the policemen in the murder, uh, you know it's just um, of George. Well, you know, I mean. It's it's interesting because, you know, I mean, during these times, I mean, we've got, um, you know, in addition to, you know, confronting, um, you know, the just the injustice, you know, that that is that that really affects people, you know, I mean, we have we have that, and then then like you say, when it comes, it, you know, in connection with, you know, COVID. You know, in in the toll that that's taking on people, and and also yes. shows that those who don't have it, you know, insurance. You know, I mean, just the societal, you know, inequity. Um, I mean, to me, it's just. And then, uh, on top of that, you have the, you know, all of the death. You know, that it's just kind of right there. You know, um, everywhere. In front yes. of, yeah, yeah, and so. You know, particularly, so you're going to, we're going to be, even though people are going to be fewer um, in numbers, you know, as far as how many people can visit, like during funerals and that kind of thing, you're still going to have a lot more cemeteries that people will be visiting, you know, that, uh, you know, I think it's good to shift from uh, a sadness to uh, a celebration point of view. Yes. In fact, I saw a Filipino family once. They were the whole family was there. They had their blank. They put their blankets out on the grave. They they had food. They were uh, mm-hmm. uh, eating and jo- and the children were running and and playing and uh, it was just a kind of joyous occasion. And I, you know, I didn't know. I got startled, so I walked over. And I asked, and they said, well, oh, well, this is a Filipino tradition, and, and blah, 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 blah. And they said, would you like to join us and, and you know, and have some food? I said, no, thank you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the process of, of doing my walk. Uh, but um, I, uh, I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was really a celebration of life. And um, in, some, in, in some religions, um, death is a new beginning, so it's not the end. Yeah. But for me, uh, spirituality, I mean, in using the same word, we do not all have the same meaning. So I cannot speak for everyone. But for me, spirituality is defined uh, as inner and outer peace. 
and uh, I want to be free of hate and anxiety and fear. And so in such difficult times, again, it is really uh, uh, sometimes hard to cope. But I find solace in nature and in the cemetery, which is a garden and a rustic retreat and a very peaceful place to ponder. I've written many poems there about different things uh, inspired by what I saw. Um, and I've learned empathy there. I learned history there. I've met some really wonderful friends. Father Zanum was my friend for over 33 years. And when the cemetery called me up, and, uh, you know, his family, his, his uh, niece, or, yeah, it was his niece, she said, we like to put your poem uh, in, in the niche with him. Uh, and I, you know, if you like, I, I could read it, but I don't know if, you know, if you want. Uh, yeah, go ahead, because we're actually, we're actually coming down toward the, the end of the show, Vincent, so that, that would be a perfect time for that. Okay, so I'll start with the preface. It was raining, and I was alone on my way to my mother's grave over 30 years ago. She had just been buried two days ago. When I stopped in my tracks, I saw a priest standing behind a casket on a grave in the rain, all alone. A priest, a coffin, and no one else. I stopped to show my respect. I remained there for the whole service, standing in the rain. Afterwards, Father Zanon asked me if I was family. I said no. I was on my way to my mother's grave. Father Zanon replied, I would like to walk with you to your mother's grave and bless her. Who else would walk with me in the rain without an umbrella to a grave of someone he did not know? He blessed Mama in the rain, and this was the beginning of a long friendship. Now, this is the poem. Father Zanin, I met you 30 years ago, giving last rites on a grave, in the rain, standing all alone behind a casket, in the rain. I walked over to join in prayer, to show respect. No one, could be no one should be buried all alone. Where are all the people in life not being remembered? Such a shame, Father. Your sermon on that grave was as if there was a thousand people present. The deceased would be proud. In the rain, your voice rose into the clouds. I knew the raindrops were from God to let us know no one is forgotten. He shed his tears for those who, who are alone, never to be forgotten. I will always remember that day in the rain. From that day on, I saw the sunshine, sunlight. Thank you, Father Zanin. Well, that's pretty, very nice. Very nice, Vincent. Yeah. Um, well, we're actually out of time. So, um, okay. do, do you have any final words for for listeners before we close? I'm sorry. Do I have, do have a any final, final word? Yeah, yeah. That you may want to say um, to people listening. Okay, I I, I would say um, you can find peace and solace and 
spirituality in the garden, in an uh, urban environment. So uh, in the garden, um, I am at peace. Uh, and outside is a pandemic and violence. So um, for me, it's a great retreat, and I invite you uh, to walk with me uh, uh, through that garden to learn history. And oh, there's many. There's art. There's uh, you know the, yeah. some of the stained glass uh, uh, mausoleums. And in fact, on my book cover is is an, is an angel. And the angel is a very uh, spiritual thing. It's in every major religion. It represents uh, 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 so many things to so many people. Uh, it, it's yeah. a symbol in, in Islam, in Catholicism, in Protestantism, in uh, Hinduism. Uh, I think every it, major... It, uh, yeah. uh, did it, I forget it, one? Uh, Judaism. No. Uh, every every yeah, religion. We've got to, got to close, Vincent. We're kind of running out of time okay. here. So... Um, and it is a beautiful book cover. So um, I just wanted to let everybody know that um, you can find out more about Vincent's book, Cemetery Friends, uh, A Garden of Encounters at Mount St. Mary in Queens, New York, by visiting his website, which is vincentjtomeo.com. That's vincentjtomeo.com. So, Vincent, I want to thank you for your time. All lowercase. It's all, all lowercase. lowercase. Yeah. That, that, yes, all right. sir. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Vincent. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, again, everyone, check out uh, Vincent's book. Um, it is um, – the cover is beautiful, the, the stained glass of an angel. So, um, again, Vincent J. Tomio, all lowercase, dot com. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.